Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hey all, it's Sasha here and I've got another interview for the Sovereign Collective podcast for you. And today I am blessed once again to be talking with Amanda Vollmer. Amanda Vollmer, I have interviewed her twice before, once on the podcast and once for my program on conscious pregnancy and parenting. So check those out. That program's in the store. And I think it's episode 11 with Amanda that we talked before. We get into germ theory, we get into dental health, we get into all sorts of interesting stuff. And Amanda, if you don't know about her, she's wise, she's intelligent, and she's fearless. And it's an amazing combination. I don't think it's a common enough uh, combination these days. And what I love about Amanda is she cares about the world. She cares about you and the people and the truth. She seeks truth. She tells truth, but she doesn't care if you're her best friend and she doesn't care what you think about her in the end, right? So that's, I think, 
one of one of the true pandemics these days is one of caring what everybody else thinks about us and fitting in right it just it's it's it gets us to where we're at so I appreciate Amanda for her boldness and her willingness to say it like it is because not because not enough of us are these days so I'm excited about that. So let me just tell you quickly about her. She's a professional holistic practitioner. She does have her degree in naturopathic medicine, but has decided to not work with the regulatory body so that she can be free to actually tell you the truth and actually help you with your health, which I think is uh, notable. Uh, she's also trained in Reiki. She's also trained in all sorts of other modalities. I think sound healing, great, like she's homeopathy. She has her store that you can find at yumnaturals.store where she makes over a hundred, I think 150. Is that how many you're making over 150 different products plus all sorts of other stuff that she's selling out of there. I'm waiting myself for a package. I was hoping to be able to hold up her book today, but it hasn't arrived yet. So wait for that healing with DMSO. So she's an author writing wrote that book on dmso and i believe she has we can maybe talk about that after i believe she you have a couple other books maybe on the or planned maybe in the future um she also has her website which is an incredible resource if you go to yummy dot doctor dot dot d-o-c-t-o-r dot doctor you can find her blog and videos you can figure out how you can connect with her. I think she's changed her business plan and how she works with people. I'd be interested in learning more about how people can connect with you as well, Amanda. And But there's just a ton of information on there, lots of resources. I refer to it many times for people, giving it to different people for different, for different reasons, whatever they're looking at. So today, folks, we're going to be kind of getting into a topic that some of you might be a little bit squeamish about. You might be a little bit I don't know, surprise, but this is a topic that's coming into my world a lot lately. And then when I had a client say, have you heard of this? And in six days, this is what happens. Like, okay, that's it. Deep dive. It's time to get into this. And that topic folks is urine therapy. Yes. Urine as in pee therapy, as in drinking it, putting it on your skin, putting it in your, up your nose, in your eyes, whatever, using your own pee. So we're going to get into that. But first of all, Amanda, thank you so much for being here. I always appreciate our talks and I get so much out of them. Yes, me too, Sasha. Thank you again for uh, hosting another discussion and our educational topics and things that people may not have heard about um, and really breaking through the barriers from all of the conditioning and lies and half-truths, all of the, the misinformation out there. We really have a lot of work to do. Um, it's been an incredible time to be alive and through all of these changes, which are definitely daunting and we have to focus a lot on self-care and grounding and, and really remembering who we are, remembering our creator and, um, you know, standing up for ourselves and our loved ones. And, and it's a time to be as brave as we can be. And this is definitely a, a brave topic. <laughs> To go into. <laughs> oh, I think so. Well, it's well, there's two things about it that I think are that really make me think this is important. First of all, what if I mean we know we're being lied to, we're, we know true information is being suppressed. What if one of the biggest secrets ever is that we all walk around with our own personalized medicine wherever we go and it's free? Like mm -hmm. What the hell? What, what if that is a thing, people? And it's not actually gross 
but it's your own personalized medicine. So why you're lost in the woods, you're, I don't know, in a drought, you're, I, I don't know. And second of all, considering the climate that we're in, it might come in handy to know that this is safe to partake in if, you know, water is scarce, nutrients are scarce, whatever, who knows where we're heading right now and for how long. So I think it's important to let people know that this could be a benefit and necessary even, who knows? In the near future. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, and I know that it's a topic where um you'll see people where they'll just shut you off at that point. They um they can't go there. And and I totally understand that people have limits in what they will are willing to do or not willing to do. I would just say for people who have that in, initial feeling, just just acknowledge that you have that feeling and it's okay to still have the feeling and be open to listening and learning at the same time, because we all go through phases of cognitive dissonance. It's a very normal and natural process within us when we are introduced to new information and we have another belief system or ideology that we're holding about that topic. And if people just can acknowledge that it's a normal process to feel that resistance inside and rather than let the resistance win um, just lovingly acknowledge that you have that within you and just park it just say oh I see I feel that inside of me interesting now let me now let me listen and let me open my mind to what this information is being um, you know offered and and how I could uh, work that into my reality and see if it is for me and again if you don't want to we have free will and we can choose to do it or to not do it, but at least give yourself the gift of going through that discomfort <laughs> and pass through the other side, because you have no idea that at the end, you might be very grateful that you instead did that process. Um, and if you didn't want to use a therapy like this um, on a day-to-day -day basis, at least you would have the knowledge in a life-saving situation uh, that mm -hmm. you could employ. And it's another tool in your toolbox as far as people who might be, you know, in a crisis or in, in a situation where they need something, they don't have money or they don't have access to things and it could save their lives. So, yeah. Yeah. And there are many stories out there online of, of like even, you know, end of life situations, very advanced diseases, all sorts of issues. But then also there's, if you, if you drink your pee within three days, you're going to go into kidney failure, or there's some of these other things that don't show any data either way. And I think people be open. You have to look at both sides, but there's some pretty amazing and convincing stories out there about the turnarounds that people have gone through. And they had that resistance. I was listening to a story with a woman with cancer and the year prior, she, she had heard about it. She thought, no way. And then at the end of her life, basically, she said, well, I have, well, I have nothing to lose now. Why not? And then she healed and yes. she realized that that's the thing. It's, I love what you said about acknowledging that discomfort, but the problem is that's where we let it stop us and it limits us. So be in that discomfort, listen, if you're still not convinced, fine, but maybe one day it'll come up again and it'll come again a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, who knows. And, and also it's, it's okay. When I did this, when I started this journey, I had the same feelings. I, um, I judged it. And it, like I said, it's okay. It's perfectly normal process to question or judge or have your 
you know, those things rise to the surface. I think the main point is to separate those off from the true self. Those are just implanted beliefs that have been running in the background and that they're, you know, like clouds running through your mind. You can just acknowledge they exist. And I think that's why for me, meditation was so important because meditation taught me to not take my mind uh, so seriously all the time that my mind plays tricks on me. So you, if you want to know the true self, you have to separate out the illusions that the mind spins and the implanted belief systems and treat them like clouds, you know, going across a blue sky kind of thing and acknowledge them and then let them move past. And then you realize you are the blue sky. That's your real mind. And the, the clouds are just the ideologies. So even you know, with me starting to to ingest it and, and and work with it more, I too had that impulse inside of me, like you know, what am I doing? Maybe I'm doing something wrong or whatever. But then I realized, of the I read those books, I read the information, I I've experienced it through other people and other people's testimonies. So so that's I can see that that's just a resistance within me that's come from elsewhere and. Um, and I can let it go. And once I did, I was free to continue to practice using it, which I have been now uh, for the past, like in and off the past year, quite considerably, but more so the past six months, quite diligently mm -hmm. um, and, and branching out with the use and then also recommending it to clients and patients and things and getting that feedback because I wasn't ready to really come out public and talk about it until I really felt that it was... <laughs> with such a sensitive topic, I wanted to feel that it was more worth whatever people might throw at me, right. make fun of me at or whatever. So I felt it was more important to save their lives and to get the information out than whatever, you know, feelings might be coming toward me. It was, it is way worth it to do it, you know? Um, and also um, some of the, the processes of being a healer and also someone who's also a teacher things have to, to process in, in, through you um, for it to be concretized and to feel like you're anchored in it. And so I had to give it also enough time for, for that to happen um, in my own life. And, and then memories and things came up and um, because I've used it historically as well in, in my childhood, in my youth, I've used it. And I had oh. to remember those things as well. So it's been, yeah, it's time. It's time to teach Great. The PP. Okay. So <laughs> you're in therapy. So this, I believe, is an ancient Ayurvedic practice, is it not? It is. Yes. Indian. Yes. Yep. And, Absolutely. And oh, ancient as, as, as ancient as childbirth. <laughs> right. Since the beginning of us. So yes. in a nutshell, can you give it, give it us a rundown of what your therapy is? How, how do you apply it? How are you going about it yourself? Mm. Well, uh, the, the, the first opening for me was when I was about 19 or 20 years old. Um, I had a scabies uh, infection on my body and I'd used the conventional um, treatments with no avail and no relief. And I was trying all kinds of things that weren't working. And in my frustration, I did some research online back when I think online was still new. <laughs> uh, and I stumbled on the, the Ayurvedic treatment using urine. And uh, I was at that point where a lot of people can be in their lives at their wits end. 
Um, I said, well, that's weird. And uh, so I judged it as weird automatically. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I don't care. I'm going to do it because I'm scratching myself so badly and I'm so uncomfortable that I will do it. And uh, that morning it said to collect the first morning urine because the, and we'll get into the details of why and the different types of collections and things. Uh, first morning is a metabolite rich urine because of the rest period at night and the healing that's being done and the body. And it is said to have the most stem cells in it. Um, so generally you collect a first morning urine, which is a clean catch. So actually urine is sterile. Um, and when you allow the flow of urine to begin its uh, removal, uh, it will wash away any uh, extra cells or debris that's in the urethra. Like if there are bacteria sitting, it will wash it away. So you let the stream begin and then you collect midstream and then you uh, end before you've completed so it's uh, actually, sorry, is it actually sterile or are there probiotics in there? Are there not? It is actually it, sterile. Really? It's actually, mm -hmm. Okay, because other people say it's actually probiotic and you can ferment it. You can ferment it, but you're fermenting it from the air microbes. The wild. Okay. So, so yeah, we'll talk about aged okay. urine. I'm, okay. I'm, okay. I've been doing a lot of different aged urine collections as well. Okay. Um so, so it is, it is sterile when you do clean catch in that way. And therefore you can use it on wounds and infections that are, you know, festering or pus filled or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use it safely in eyes, ears, any orifice can be, it can be administered um, because of its, it being sterile. Uh, and nurses know this. Nurses understand the power of urea, of plasma, which comes from urine and the uh, IV therapies that are done from plasma, which all used to come from urine, just cleaned up urine. They used to sterilize it further because they were gonna bag it and store it really not ideally. But that's where, that's where your drip comes from in the hospitals. Really? I didn't know that. It's huh. urine, it's plasma. Well, it's plasma. It, what plasma. The bl yeah. the plasma you can get from urine, right? Yes. Which is your blood plasma, it comes out. So we'll talk about the breakdown of the of the urine in a bit, but essentially, uh, that uh, that mix of nutrients and metabolites and hormones um, and uh, two point five percent urea and the the stem cells will stimulate your own healing response when you ingest it. Um, so when I did that, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't comfortable with the idea of ingestion, but I was perfectly all right with rubbing it onto my skin to deal with the scabies. Uh, what I was instructed to do was to get into the bath, plug the, the bath, um, begin to run the water. And while I was standing in the bath to take the urine and rub it into all of the damaged skin areas of my body. So I basically just poured it, was still warm, over my body and scrubbed it in, you know, how they like the creases of the arms and things, mm -hmm. knees. And I just scrubbed and scrubbed. Um, I don't know if I did a washcloth or just with my hand, I can't recall. And then the, the urine with the water, I actually soaked in that as well for about an hour until the water became tepid. And then I just rinsed in the shower after and that was that. And scabies gone, one application. That one was time. Deep one time. Amazing. So it's fascinating when, when, how something so that's really big, actually, that's, you know, when you think about it, 
But for me, I was like, great. I'm so happy at work. I'm <laughs> off. I'm off to my life. I'm not, I'm not going, wow, I got to tell the world or <laughs> I was just on to the next. Right. <laughs> totally forgot about it. Totally yeah. forgot about it. Right. And I think that lesson and remembering that was really important because I realized that a lot of people, that's exactly what they do, right? You'll tell them do this or that they'll have a miraculous, you know, healing off they go to the next thing they're done that they don't consider it again because they're healed and they want to get on with their life. Right. And and, in a sense, that's the right way to be ultimately, right. It's just, you've healed now moving on, you've released everything. And and one of the things I've been learning lately is about trauma release and tremoring. Actually, I'm I'm going to be at soul shine festival this weekend. And I'm going to teach a, uh, a workshop on how to tremor or shake off your trauma physically um, because we've lost the mechanism of, of completely cycling through an event and completing it, shaking it off our bodies and off we go. It's gone. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's done. Right. You're not like, Oh, my trauma is my trauma is my trauma. We shouldn't be like that. We, we should let it go. We learned our lessons and off we go. Right. So it's uh, so many different openings have happened from, from doing this, this type of therapy now. Um, so you're correct in the, the different applications. There's also injection. You can inject urine. Martha Christie is one of the books you can read your own perfect medicine, which uh, teaches about how to do the injections. I have not done them yet. I am going to do the injections. I'm, I'm waiting for some of the changes happening in my life to complete before I do that, because it will put you into some pretty hefty detoxes and you want to be able to be comfortable enough in case you need to rest for, you know, a few days or something like that. Where would you inject it? At what point? Uh, Well, I mean, I've had some um, chronic problems with my health from um, doctors cutting things out of me and doing dental surgeries improperly and all kinds of challenges that I've had to overcome. Uh, from the the medical establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I really want to completely detox my lymphatic system. So I was thinking to inject it near to some of my lymphatic chain, just in either intramuscularly um, uh, into the area into, or into the space uh, around the lymphatic chain. So that was that was kind of my thinking for, for my own personal experience. So once I get to that point where I'm comfortable with injections and I'll be able to speak obviously more about it and, and uh, safety and, and how to do it. But for now, you know, um, starting to begin to employ it in your life, as far as topical use and different mo- uh, methods of ingestion uh, are really going to put you in a lot of detox just from the get-go anyway. So that's a good place to start. I would never suggest starting at injections um, unless the person was like really, really bad off and had assistance, proper assistance. Um, If someone is that chronically ill, there is, um, I'll give you a bunch of resources that you can post for people. Um, But one of them is um, a way of doing what's called looping, uh, where you're, when someone is so chronically ill, they're basically on death's door, they're like stage four cancers or really, you know, 
they're done that they've sent them home you know you're gonna die sort of stuff uh then what you do is you drink all your urine continually it's called looping um and that you fast completely and you just drink every drop of your urine until you you heal um so there's 90 day 120 day 150 wow. day um yes, no water just you don't need to drink water i probably would suggest drinking some water um Wow. But you don't have to for the for that fasting. Um, again, when it's fasting, it's very individual. So you have to start to listen to what your needs are. And if you're starting to get signs of dehydration, then obviously you're going to have to, to drink water. Um, and you might need to do other sorts of things like baths, encourage sweating and so forth to make sure the toxins are really coming out properly. But yeah, that's one of the methods of healing a severe, you know, chronic illness is doing the looping fasting, fasting on urine and you're drinking enti the entire volume of your, of your urine at that point. So, wow. so it can get very extreme as far as treatment regimes. Generally um, to start with, you're taking, you're using drops, almost treating it like a homeopathic. Um, and, and really Martha Christie's book called Your Own Perfect Medicine her treatise on it is talking about the urine as a homeopathic preparation, a true distillate. Even the, 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 the terminology, if you study the kidney anatomy, there, there's the distal tubule, right? So there's tubules that filter and there's a lot of um, back and forth, almost like rivers going back and forth that are selecting for what is to be reabsorbed into the body and what is to be removed by the body. I think a lot of the misconceptions for people is they attribute um, the urine output to a waste product, meaning just because your body's getting rid of it, therefore it is waste. Um, but that's not actually the case for urine. It is, you can start to reframe it and think of it as excess. Um, the body has to maintain a homeostasis and in homeostasis, that means that the pH has to be tightly controlled, the amount of H2O or water, whatever water might be. Yeah. <laughs> Other questions are coming up about all kinds of things right. at this point. So I'm not even gonna label H2O as H2O anymore. I'm just gonna call it water, whatever that lovely substance is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and the, these fluids, they are finally controlled by hormone systems. And there is a fine hormone system in the kidneys as well to have a, a feedback with the endocrine system on what stays and what goes, uh, how much potassium, how much sodium, you know, all of these things must be tightly regulated. Uh, when we have kidney disease or other sorts of disease to the system, uh, oftentimes things can spill out that shouldn't be there. So we have to be careful when doing this therapy, if we have overt kidney disease, uh, if they're on really heavy drugs or, you know, uh, that are, are filtered through the kidneys because you will re-ingest some of those materials. So yes, the, the mm -hmm. body's kidney system will get rid of things. It, it doesn't want that the liver cannot uh, get rid of itself because the blood volume first goes into the liver and it's the liver that removes the waste material and forms it into stool. The secondary filtrate then goes to the kidneys where the kidneys decide, do we have enough water? Do we need to reabsorb all the water or take some out? 
Do we have enough hormones? Do we get rid of them? Do we have enough of this amino acid, uh, you know, feedback loop? Do we need to spill protein because the body can't handle it, you know, and that kind of situation. And that's where you can get things that shouldn't be in the urine uh, if there's a damaged system, but there's even urine therapy treatments for people who are spilling out or who have um, wastes or doing metal cleanses and they're having wastes. Um, for example, you're taking your first morning urine and you're going to take literal a, a, a dropper and put literal drops under your tongue, starting with two drops, working to three drops, four drops, and so on. So you are treating it as a homeopathic preparation, which is sublingual and building up your uh, body's communication system, what's happening on a, as a metabolic snapshot or time, you know, print of what this whole system looks like. So this is a beautiful feedback that you're telling your entire nervous system now, Hey, guess what? Kidneys aren't working right. Or, Hey, guess what? This bad thing's happening in the body. We need to upregulate X, Y, Z. So you're actually giving more information. You can think of it like that to the body to begin to regulate and prepare for what is needed to be made, manufactured, removed, et cetera. Um, it's no different than when you, why we chew our food because the, the food it, it, through the limbic system actually triggers the brain through the chewing mechanism and even the smelling mechanism yes. to, to say, hey guys, we're eating this protein or this carb. We're gonna need to manufacture this amount of enzymes or this amount of bicarb or whatnot to properly digest what is coming down the pipe. And so that's how beautiful and refined the system is to have that uh, prepare you. That's why we're supposed to chew our food and smell our food properly. So we actually digest and assimilate the nutrients accordingly. And it's no different with anything you put in your mouth. Even I suggest people who take herbs at some point, open the capsule and taste the herb Mm. directly again to increase assimilation absorption and on all of those details from the, the the nervous system to 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 give that communication network uh, you know a boost um, so that starting with drops is usually where I would suggest someone who's either not sure or they want to try it but they're not ready to go for drinking you know just start that or you know think think about stories you know, you mentioned a couple about, you know, sailors often see in there, they don't have fresh water and they drink, they loop, they drink their own urine and they survive, right? So we've heard those stories before. Mm -hmm. We've seen Friends episodes where, you know, Joey has to pee on Monica's foot or whatever because she got stung by the jellyfish, right? We know instinctively that there are some known cures for <laughs> situations, uh, bites and stings and this sort of thing. But what a lot of people don't uh, know is how refined our system is. When you have an injury, bite, or sting to the body, within 20 seconds of that event, the antidote or the support will be in the urine. So, what, so say you get stung, say you get stung by something or bit by something, um, and this can save your life. So this is, <laughs> I actually have, yeah, I have anaphylactic clients who are allergic to bee stings and they feel so much more safe and secure now knowing that within 20 seconds of a bite they have their own antidote to stop them from choking up and going to the hospital and the whole thing 
Wow. Right? It's a big deal. Do you deal. know anybody who had to use that in that specific situation? Well, as it happens um, in my life, <laughs> I always get the real <laughs> opportunities <laughs> to prove it in real time. This is again why I have to, when I learn something, I have to sit with it for a while so that all these experiences can happen. <clears throat> my own daughter, um, uh, this was actually a number of years ago. Uh, we went to the park. She was probably five years old or so. Uh, and it was springtime. And in the springtime, the, the wasps are kind of just coming out of their slumber and they're a bit uh, goofy. So on her bicycle handle, we were getting ready to, to go home. She put her uh, hands on the handlebar. There was a wasp underneath uh, the handlebar and it stung her hand. Uh, of course, she she's a very vocal free child that when in pain everyone's gonna know <laughs> so it was a loud event and I quickly instinctively uh, put her off into the woods there's a, by the park there's just a little wooded area so I, I said let's go we went into the woods immediately by the time I walked there to to the woods it was at least 20 seconds uh, I I said focus on mommy. I want you to pee in my hand. I know it sounds weird. Just trust me. This is going to help with your pain. So she did. She was very good. She peed in my, in my palm. I took a few drops and I put it under her tongue. And then I washed the, the wasp sting immediately. I just kept washing it over that within a, not even half a minute. It must've been seconds. She stopped crying. Um, I just tidied her up. I said, let's, let's go home. Are you okay? Yep. I'm okay. And we began to walk home. I just took, carried her bike. And I was, a, my intention was to get home and give the homeopathic apis meliflica because mm -hmm. apis is the homeopathic for stings. Uh, but we didn't really need to do with that at all because the, first of all, not only did she stop crying and stop thinking about it, the sting never produced a welt uh, at all. There was no redness or swelling at the injection site at all from that. Mm -hmm. um, it was as if it just was a non-event after that point. Uh, no itching, you, the usual from stings that you would right. get, she just didn't get. So I had that experience. Um, and I've since then told other parents about that and they have experienced the same results. Right. So it's nice to get that time to, to see it play out, you know, it's mm -hmm. nice in a book. It's great to read it in a book, but when you can do it in real time, yeah, it's, it's totally. weighted. Yeah. <laughs> so the antidote is in, within you. Your body uh, is a brilliant system that knows how it always wants homeostasis. So that's its main goal. So it always wants to regulate through that process. And I'm drinking pee right now. <laughs> Are you for real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> an aftertaste well that's the thing like I was doing it I have to say but I find there's a taste that forms after, like okay I'm going to say my quick story quickly and then we'll talk to you so I've learned I've known about it for years never did it never did it never did it and then in our last interview for my program you had mentioned it because you talked about it with your daughter's UTI oh yes and I know like my dad's used it on his skin and then I had a client it's like, have you ever heard of urine therapy? I've never heard of it before. And she's searching for six days. 
she goes to her acupuncturist who also does some kind of biofeedback stuff and her kidneys always show up as deficient, but they always says it because she only has one kidney. Hmm. And after doing it for six days, totally changed her, her acupuncturist was blown away. It just, it, it didn't show up. It was totally regulated right away. And it was like, she just thought, you know, it was like Jing deficiency or a like a, a kidney deficiency. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm hearing about this too much. So then I started doing it. And then I had a weird experience with my kidneys, which was a direct relationship to when I sent I hit the send button on my Facebook on a, on a thing I knew I shouldn't have engaged in. I could have had a more intelligent conversation with my fridge, right? It was like completely useless. I hit send and my kidneys started aching. It was insane. It was like instant. And for three days, I had sore ureter, bladder, and kidneys. But mm -hmm. I'd been trying, I've been doing it. And I'm like, oh, so there it creeps into my head. Well, I know that that was a very coincidental experience. But now I'm thinking, well, am I something going on with my kidneys? So then I stopped doing it but I'm putting on my face right now. And then I'm going to, I, but I just want to explore it some more because I, I know three people now who have had some really good results with it. And I told another friend and she's just she's peeing in buckets. She's collecting it. She's doing all sorts of stuff with it. <laughs> and she loves it. It's like, it, it, she's just over the moon about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So That's hilarious. I mean, I get, I understand when you're not sure about what's happening to you, then the, the instinct, again, another instinct within us is to stop. Right. And I, and, and sometimes it is the right thing to do to stop, but sometimes it's what, what's happened is we're trained or told that a symptom is bad. Right. So yes, if, right. If you, yeah, if it's pain or if it's a congestion or what it's bad at all costs, that's a bad thing. And yeah. it must be stopped. And then that's a part of our conditioning um, as well. If you understand the body is always trying to help itself and always trying to recover and get to that homeostasis, then you know, okay, what is the symptom? It's almost like same idea with feelings, emotions, you know, let's, we can label it, right? But let's just get to the underlying need of, of what that is rather than the frenetic reactionary um, response. And so then you tune in, you go, is this telling me I'm missing something that I have a, a, a need to, to balance this? Or is this telling me that I have to keep going because something is changing, something is moving inside of me? And I, I get this question a lot with the DMSO because because DMSO moves stuff all the time. Like it'll move out stuck things that have been sitting around for years. Uh, it'll move out tumors. It'll move out um, uh, herpes, uh, you know, metals and, and this sort of stuff. And people get um, kind of freaked out when stuff moves. And so, you know, sometimes you have to stop, but sometimes you got to actually keep it going so you can complete what the body's actually trying to do. Um, and then you had an, a correlation with a possible fear event and, and kidneys, the, the, the emotion connected is fear. My body so, went to a total stress response. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, body, you're talking to me. I'm hearing, I'm listening. Let's yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So at that point, you know, you, you just acknowledge, you acknowledge it. And then you, you say, okay, I'm going to have to do more self-care 
around whatever that lesson is. Sometimes you don't have time for the lessons, which is unfortunate. In a perfect world, we would sit with the uncomfortable emotion of whatever it was, or why did that trigger you? Or why did that upset you? You know, and go deeper with it. Go, oh, it's because, you know, I don't want to be disliked, but not really. Okay, what is it really about? Oh, it's because my mother, you know, judged me when I do things like that or whatever. You know, you go, you go to always deeper, deeper, deeper as you can to find out what is it really about it that bothered you, you know, and it might not be what it is that you thought originally it was. Oh, and usually not, right? And usually not. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. what actually actually relieved it, which was interesting is I had my husband check my reflex point on my feet and my right mm -hmm. foot was fine. But as soon as he touched my left foot, he's like, whoa, this was totally different, totally congested and it killed. And he just worked on those points over a few days mm -hmm. and I got instant relief as soon as he started working on them. Yeah. So you probably blocked up the meridian as well, which again is very under, uh, under misunderstood or not even known that we are tubes. <laughs> Our whole body is tubules and interconnected. So refined that in the, in the chakra systems, which are basically really tight nervous system connections and tube connections and crossing overs that all of that can be blocked. So you can, mm. you know, you could block your, um, with that fear response, the, the connection between your kidneys, your bladder or your kidneys and your, your meridian down your foot and all of, you know, that's why I say a lot, like people have knee pain or knee problems or ear issues can be related to the kidneys, right? So the understanding of traditional Chinese medicine or a lot of our ancient knowledge is so helpful to get the pieces of the puzzle in the one holistic system, you know, in your head, because then you can relate when your ear hurts to the rest of your body, rather than going to an ear specialist, which right. will never do that. Right. You know? It's like You'll never do that. Connected to your kidneys. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. And your ear is actually connected to every part of your body because you have acupuncture right. points. Like you can do ear acupuncture yeah. and the whole ear can relate to the entire body. You can just do ear seeds, which is, you know, very helpful for people who are afraid of needles, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the kidney, so, so if someone has like an actual kidney bladder issue, um, I usually find out what's going on um, and then address usually the stress part uh, of the situation um, and encourage them to start to do blood cleansing, like coffee enemas, for example, mm -hmm. um, and really just do sweating or exercise to move their body, move their lymph either do get a lymph massage or start doing castor oil packs, something just to begin their detox journey uh, before I introduce the urine therapy, because uh, you want their blood to be a bit better and cleaner and less viscous uh, when you start to now mobilize the kidney system and the, and the, the feedback loops that you're giving with the, the, the uh, sort of homeopathic information, um, because you don't want to obviously have them backlogged on toxins, you know, cause you are, it is a detox bro. doing the urine therapy will detox you no matter what you will. As soon as you start to drink the urine, you will probably want to urinate, um, to the urea, the 2.5% urea is a trigger for detox. It will, it will, um, be a natural diuretic that will tell your body to flush, to flush. So you will begin your detox process. 
I usually just jump in with things. So I have to be, mm-hmm. I have to be tempered when I, you know, show, cause not everyone's the same, but I usually can jump in and start the process. And I did when I started this new level of, of detoxing with the urine. So every morning, my process is to collect at least two ounces of my clean catch first morning urine. And I add, uh, you asked about the flavor and the taste and so forth. Mm. That's probably the hardest part for people, obviously, is the whole idea of what you're drinking. And so it's fine to hide it. Um, I put it in cold juice, um, sometimes with ice, and or I'll even mix it into my smoothies. And you, it, it oh, being, smoothies. You, won't, you don't notice that it's there at all. Um, there are certain juices that don't mix well. <laughs> with pea, oh, like okay. apple juice. <laughs> ah. That's like the same, same. That's like, might as well just, just drink it neat <laughs> at that point. So do not, do not use apple juice. You'll be disappointed. <laughs> Which one do you recommend then? Um, my favorite is an anything with orange, orange juice, orange mango, freshly squeezed orange juice, double whammy, mm-hmm. um, that you don't, can't taste it at all uh, with that you know, you don't know what you're drinking at that point. Uh, so my, my daughter to this point will literally pee in a glass and just drink it. That's how, that's how I'm like, you can do more than I can with that stuff. I, so you're not I, drinking it straight ever. No, I have, I have, and I've definitely done, I've and I'm doing a lot of topical applications as well. And I'll talk about the urine rubbing I've been, I've been doing and the aged urine I'm going to get into. Okay. Um, but the, the, where I began was just, let's pretend it's not there to get past the conditioning. Let's put it in cold juice and let's get started, you know? Yeah. And I'll work through now, if I need to do looping, mostly with looping, you can like squeeze a bit of lemon juice in it or something to alter the taste, cool it down. Cause it's just easier. To, it's like, you know, when you have during that Epsom salts, if you ever do the liver flush oh, yeah. and stuff, that's the worst oh. part. Oh, it's, it's, awful. Oh, it's the worst. It's, thing. it's worse every time you do it. It gets it gets like harder to do. It's <laughs> like you have trauma just from doing it. So I know. So yeah. you know what? Like you know you better. So you're gonna do what you need to do. If you need to put it in juice, if you need to cool it down, fine. If you're, I got, I know friends and people. They don't care. They don't care. My fiance's mother, whatever. Yeah, I, I, okay. And everybody, I'm going to be honest here. I was doing it straight. I was just awesome. But the first time I did it, it's like, first of all, okay. It's a mind. Yes, it is. It's the first time I was like, am I really going to do this? And it was the worst tasting. I don't know because I've been taking a bunch of knack or something. It was really (laughs) sulfurous or something, but it was because my friend, my client who's taking, she's like, oh, it tastes like grass and she's drinking in time she had a jersey cow to feed her bison who was left motherless for the summertime and so she's drinking all this grass-fed raw milk there you go and i'm got like, good oh, pee yours my she got pee cow. i would drink yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah so but it changed it changed very quickly and didn't taste like that even if i did my knack it yeah. didn't change I, it changed yeah. a lot so yeah. Your urine will change for your, from your monthly cycle. Your urine will change from stress levels, the flavor. And, and if you are doing that, it would be a fascinating study to keep a journal and relate what supplements you're taking, what foods you're eating, what stress levels you're under, whatever, 
and the flavor of the urine because it will reflect. Um, because again, like there are, there's a, an admixture of every nutrient in that urine. It, you're basically drinking an elixir of vitamins and minerals and metabolites and um, tissue salts, which I know you want to touch on at some point. Um, so it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, you've got, now it's mainly water. It is mainly water. Right. So that's what I want to do. Let's talk about the regular, because people probably think, okay, why do we want to do this in the first place? Why don't like, it's my waste, which we know it's not, but let's talk. So let's talk about mm -hmm. what actually is it. So you were just saying, and maybe build on that. And then why, why are we even talking about this in the first place? Like we talked about healing people, but like most people are probably not going to take it as a daily, just keep myself healthy kind of thing. Right. Well, it's not about just keeping yourself healthy. I think where a lot of people uh, will be encouraged to do it because um, it is the hormone regulation part of it as far as, you know, youthfulness and longevity. I mean, just the amount of pe people who are buying so much stuff just to stay looking younger mm -hmm. and to, to have longevity, if they just switch to their own free urine, they'd save thousands of dollars and it would actually work way better. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically an elixir of youth. Um, elixir when you, of youth, ooh, okay, good one. Mm -hmm. You have stem cells, okay, that, that alone, think about, your own pluripotent uh, stem cell your body can use for anything. And it doesn't have to be just about healing chronic disease. It's going to make sure that it's utilized for proper repair. And aging is a, a you know, an oxidation problem where things do not catch up with their repair, right? That's why the skin will break down and then and the mitochondria will dysregulate or will not be as effective at keeping your energy up. And this is the, this is how life expires. And so it is an, it's elixir of longevity in life. Okay. So yes, it's about, you know, between 91 and 96% water, depending on how hydrated you are. We've got a lot of organic solutes. Obviously I mentioned the urea, which is about 2.5% volume which is considered waste. So what is considered waste in this kidney system is the urea itself, but it is a waste product of the distillate of the kidneys. So it is considered waste to the kidneys, meaning it's, uh, if you look at the chemical um, uh, processes, right? That's its end product, goodbye. Right, right. Um, it, also, it will have some uric acid in it. And in some senses, creatinine, because there's the creatinine clearance. Again, if you okay. study anatomy of the kidneys and what is happening there, you'll understand those terms. Um, but these are small percentages. And again, when you ingest them, they are a trigger for the system to flush and to detox. And it has other benefits to the blood and to the body when you ingest it through the digestive tract or rub it into the skin. Now we know urea is even put in face products and mm -hmm. anti-aging serums and, yes. and usually from horses. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So we don't really need to torture horses. We can get our own urea from ourselves and use our own skincare that way. Um, you will get now trace amounts. So there's less percentages. So a few percentage points of enzymes, key enzymes, some carbohydrates, Again, various hormones, um, fatty acids, fatty acid breakdowns, 
you'll get certain pigments. So that's you get the yellow pigment sort of color, and that's going to vary. My partner and I have been collecting our urine for many, many months now. We always compare our pigments. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we could do a switcheroo today. We wouldn't tell the difference, you know, <laughs> or, oh, someone's dehydrated or, right. you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes you'll get sedimentation depending on, again, this admixture of what's in it. Sometimes you'll let it sit because I didn't like I collected that urine that I just drank this morning. I didn't have time to make my drink until this afternoon. So it'll sit. And sometimes some of those carbohydrates and muce, there's something called mucin. It, so it's a bit of mucus. So they'll kind of cloud up the mixture. You don't have to concern yourself with it. Um, but just so you know that it will change uh, a little bit as it sits. Um, and then all there's inorganic ions as well. That's part of our electrical system. So you've got sodium, potassium, chloride, magnesium, calcium, ammonia, different sulfates and phosphates in your own urine. And again, this trigger is going to help balance your blood. Uh, it's like a natural electrolyte um, and help you um, really get your blood, which is life, <laughs> literally is your oxygen carrier and you know mm -hmm. everything that has to happen is through the blood um working primarily for your benefit and and helping you to release whatever waste and and again that whole network communication system so it's not so we have to switch away from thinking about it as a waste product as like garbage yeah and it's everybody says garbage. that you like even you know more natural-minded doctors they still always refer to the kidneys as one of our detox pathways and that the, mm. the urine is waste. But if you were to pick, compare a profile of blood plasma and urine, how different would it be? Well, you're, if you're taking out your, like if you're pulling out blood, you know, and you're, you have to, there's a quite a bit of pla more plasma in blood than in urine. Right. Like right. if you were but, to spin it down, like when you take uh, blood and you spin it down, right? You get, you fractionate it. <clears throat> like when I was in naturopathic college, we did blood draws all the time and we had to spin it first to take off the different, you know, to take off the red blood cells, look at yeah. the microscope and do all the tests and yeah. um, all the different composition. But you, but really you have um, same sort of things in your blood. I mean, if you want to look up your compare and contrast your blood components, you can do that. Like you can have your, but you have way more plasma. It's like half of it's plasma. Right? But, and, but isn't the plasma portion itself, the part that's very similar to urine? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just, the, the, the percentages of what's in what's, what right. is there is less. Right. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you need your plasma to be tightly controlled. So you will get rid of some of the plasma, but not as much as in blood components, like where half of it's plasma. So you have the erythrocytes that's through the blood cells, then you have half of the plasma. And then you'll have the white blood cells in there, which some will be in the urine as well. Uh, when you age urine, you start to see, uh, you'll get antibodies, which are basically your pleomorphic cells that are grabbing onto waste. So yes, you can say that your, your kidneys are getting rid of waste, but what you can't just say waste and then not qualify it with a percentage, like what 0.5%, you know, are coming out. Mm -hmm. And then when you understand homeopathy that you're actually putting something that's considered toxic in, in putting it in super low doses and taking it to trigger the body to heal that very same thing. Then you understand that in, in, in the urine, when you get small percentages of things, 
that's part of the medicine. You so even if you're taking something uh, and you're or you're de- purposefully detoxing, even you had like a little metals, like say you had. 0.25% metals or something coming out because you were doing a metals cleanse, you could still use it as a homeopathic to upregulate your own metals to come out more. You see? And you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of, could it be a remedy for a one said poisonous injection right. that's going on? Like, would you want to drink it or would you be like, okay, like when is the time that you absolutely do not drink it? Well, when you are heavily detoxing, when you are heavily toxic, like I was suggesting to clean the blood first by doing say coffee enemas, right? Um, I would be prudent and do it. There are times in which you don't, um, if you are spilling proteins too much of it. You don't want to drink large amounts of it like that, but you could, even if you were toxic and even if you had the thing, you could take a couple of drops of it and use it under the tongue and tell the body, Hey, whoops, I screwed up. Right. <laughs> I got peer pressured into taking an experimental <laughs> drug, yeah. uh, help, and it will give the feedback enough to start yeah. upregulating what it needs to do. That's how brilliant the blood is or the, the body is. It is. So So what if you had a glass of wine with dinner the night before? Well, your liver is going to be very compromised for one, right? Because your liver is got to process that and it's actually a class one carcinogen. So your body will be working quite hard to, to deal with that. And also it's a diuretic. So your body's going to use a lot of water to try to flesh out the toxins. Um, so probably what you'll see is a lot of, you might have a little bit of alcohol in the urine, but not a lot. No. Again, these are percentage points. Yeah. Unless you have severe, severe kidney damage where you're actually have like a leaky kidney, almost like, you know, leaky mm-hmm. gut or leaky lung, yeah. you have a leaky yeah. kidney, yeah. then you have to be more careful. Um, but I would use it actually as a hangover protocol. <laughs> Okay. That's interesting. Like I, I know you're not an alcohol fan. I do enjoy a glass of dinner with wine. I take a couple things with it, like some knack and something else at the time, but I do have specific, no California. I wish I could. I wish I could enjoy, like I, if I were to sit and have anything that in this goes for food, goes for drink, whatever. If my, I'm so to this point now where I, I can't sway my body immediately slaps me, says, you can't, you're not allowed to do that. That's mm. it, the feedback is don't do that. You're poisoning yourself. It's telling me not to do it. And so if I were to drink, say even half a glass of wine or something with dinner, the next day I would be dizzy completely. I would be in bed and I would be dizzy. There's, oh. it, it doesn't allow me to do it. So I, I can't get away with it. What if you're microdosing some chocolates with some little microdosing little fungus in there, something like that? I've, I've, I do uh, microdosing. I do it uh, usually five days a week, the stacks protocol. Okay. Um, uh, seems to, to help me quite a bit. Um, so I think microdosing is, is very helpful and very healing. I think it's just when you're pushing it to the past the metabolic limit where the body now sees it as an actual poison right. rather than a trigger for healing. Right. Because everything is in the dose. Everything's about the correct dose. Right. 
So you what, can consider it as a poison, but if you have a small enough dose, yeah. it can actually be a healer. Yeah. And then a couple more, like, what about somebody who's on, and like there's anxiety and depression, like so what about people on antipsychotics and what about somebody going through chemo? Yeah. Like, all of those things, you have to be very careful. You can't, I would not suggest. So chemo. Um, so again, like any of the, the medications you have to, first you look up the medication and you find out it's half-life in your body. And you also find out which organ is used to excrete it the most. Right. Generally it tends to be the liver, but look at how much will go out through the kidneys of that particular medication that you're on. Uh, I'm always going to encourage people to come off the suppressive medications. Right. Um, so what I would say is again, start the detox process of the liver, begin to put your plan together of how you want to come off the medication, whether you need to work with the pharmacist. Cause I find sometimes the pharmacist more helpful than the doctors because they know the drugs better. Ah. Um, so if you're not sure you can go to your pharmacist and ask about the drug or even ask them, look, I'm on this particular kind. Is there one that has a less filler or is, you know, a little bit easier and they'll help you, you know, get in the right way. So you can start to come down off of it. They'll tell you whether you can come down in big leaps or if you can come, if you have to come down in very small increments and that sort of thing. So knowing a good pharmacist, uh, when coming off drugs can be very helpful. And then, uh, and then what are you doing to support the system that had the problem in the first place? Yeah. So doing that. And then once you are working on that and you, maybe you're not even off the medication yet, but you've come down significantly, then you can begin the urine therapy through the drop method. And once you're off completely, again, find out how many days it takes for your body to run through and be completely, you know, free of it. Then you can start to ingest larger amounts okay. of the urine and know you're not going to be recycling any of those um, metabolites or waste products of the drug, especially if it's something that's very addictive uh, or habit forming. Um, but at the same time, you could also recycle your medication like that. So you can, you know, you can come off a medication, yeah. right. But you're kind of recycling it. So you don't need to use as much of the medication. So there's another method you can use that way. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess everybody got to figure out if you're, if you're even interested in this, just figure out how it's going to be take responsibility yeah. for your own way of doing it right but get help if you need okay. well it's daunting because there's a lot to learn about like see i have to remember i'm i have you know we have knowledge and so when you've read a lot and you've trained a lot and then you've had a lot of experiences it's it's easier to say you know in an effervescent way well just do that but for someone who's yeah you know, they're really new to it, or they're really afraid. It's very baby steps for a lot of people. So that's why I suggest read some of the documentation, the books, the resources to get yourself familiar with it. There's videos on YouTube. I remember watching a video. I don't know if it's up uh, still now, but I, I remember when I was reminded again of the urine therapy and it was a girl on YouTube and she was so pretty and like vivacious and just excited. And she's like, I got to tell you about urine therapy. And it was just, <laughs> and, and she said, it's the, I'm younger. My skin's better. My, my, I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. My sex life is better. She just went on and on and on about the benefits. And I was like, thank you. You know, I'm, thank you for that reminder. I will go, right. you know, review this again. And I will remember to put it 
you know, bring it back into my lifestyle again. Um, and so for me, it's just easiest to do the two ounces in the morning. But one thing about parasites <laughs> I learned oh. is that mm -hmm, if you do the aged urine um, therapy, uh, this is from John Armstrong's book now. So he has a treatise, a water treatise. <laughs> um, I think I have the name somewhere I put up here. Um, it's called The Water of Life, A Treatise on Urine Therapy by John Armstrong. Okay. Um, and you can find a free PDF online, but I'll give you the link. Oh. And it, if it's aged, um, it's considered more powerful. And How long is aged? Anywhere from four days to four months, really, you can age. I'm aging one. I'm going to do an aged one. I've been aging it for about three months. So I'm going to, I wanted to do a longer process. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also do a solar um, therapy on it where you can um, present it to full noon sunlight, you know, between noon and two, mm -hmm. you can present it to the sun and infuse that into the, to the urine and bring it inside after that and so forth. That's another method that's used in the aging process. Mm -hmm. And the main uh, rationale uh, is that the urine contains stem cells. And then they, when you age, they multiply by the millions. Oh, wow. By the millions, they're multiplying and multiplying, multiplying. Right. So that's your, your goal is to have a very huge stem cell infusion that you do as an enema. So you are doing a urine Ooh. enema. Okay. So, uh, in the, as far as the removal of parasites, now you can also use it to ingest, but you can also use it to do urine rubbing. So I'll go through what these different things are now, okay. as far as powerful methods go okay. for the aged urine. First of all, you probably have smelt bathrooms <laughs> <laughs> or subways that should have had a bathroom in them, but they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what piss old piss smells like it's yeah, disgusting yeah right and that's because there's the process of the uric acid process that breaks down into ammonia and it's the ammonia that stinks so when you age the urine for about a period of a week to two weeks depending on your particular urine it will stink while you're at that first stage uh, what you do is I, I just have my stable jars, like, uh, I don't know, cherry jar or something. And then you collect your, your full urine, same clean catch method. Um, so you're collecting the entire urine, not just two ounces at that point. And I, I do like I'll do with my kombucha. I put, you know, a paper towel over top with an elastic band mm -hmm. and just go put it somewhere else that you're not going to smell it uh, for that period of time. And it will stink uh, for that, you know, while it's, and then it won't. And then it actually kind of smells like fresh bread, at least right now. <laughs> like fresh bread. bread. Wow. Yeah. So okay. there must be some sort of yeast and bacterial, you know, combination going on that starts to break down things for you. And the stem cells are actually growing um, and you'll get sediment. And sometimes you'll get um, stuff that gets in and sits on top. So this particular one, needs to be filtered before usage, but it doesn't need to be boiled. Uh, there are methods that talk about boiling the urine. Oh. Uh, John Armstrong is not supportive of that. And I wouldn't either, because why would you get rid of such a nice ferment? And why would you destroy the cells that you've been working so hard right. to grow? 
Um, to me, that doesn't make any sense. So room temperature is what you're after um, to let it breathe. I made a mistake my first capture. I put the lid on it and I had to throw mm. it away because it did stink terribly because I wasn't allowing it to actually breathe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that experiment for everybody. <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> um, and then doing it as an enema, uh, retention enema for only a few minutes is required. Uh, you can gently warm it um, t- for comfort level um, at that point or sun it before you use it. Mm. And the parasites apparently uh, are removed by such a process. So oh, really? it would be interesting because see in coffee enemas, because you're using coffee, it's hard to see what's come out. You know, you can see some stuff, but uh, unless you're really going for it and you're filtering out and, you know, getting out the old microscope, you don't know if you've got parasites leaving you. Um, but if you do the urine, it's clear enough where you can see the the, the flukes or the flatworms or whatever mm. that come out. And I can tell you for many people doing, I know where I've instructed them doing all kinds of different enemas to heal not just the, the, the bowel and so forth, but obviously the blood and the liver and, and these things and get rid of parasites as well. Um, there's, you think you're healthy, <laughs> you know, for a long time. And then all of a sudden uh, you do a more hefty day of enemas and you find all of these worms coming out. Wow. How did that happen to me? You know, I'm healthy. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm, you know, we've got them in, in us and totally. Yeah. That'd be feel so, good. If, if you know, they're in, it's got to feel good to just get them out better yes. out than in. Right. Yes. And yeah. I know that there's ways that you can do chemicals to kill them, but it's not um, the right way because um, ultimately we have the parasites really, they're truly symbiotes because um, mm. they won't be there unless there's food for them there won't, they won't hang around just to destroy you. They're going to be there because you've offered them a buffet of some sort. Mm. Usually it's metals or usually it's, you know, there's something there that they're ingesting. And it's something that usually is not good for you. Now they'll eat anything, which is the problem. So then they, if they get carried away with, they'll start eating your good stuff too. And the other problem with parasites is if you're already ill and you are not excreting properly or your metabolism is improper your blood's uh off and you're on meds and you're stressed and all those other uh, lifestyle factors they are living organisms and they will make wastes inside of you and those wastes though their own ammonia can become a toxin to you so their urine can turn into ammonia and, and irritate you so that's also a reason that we ha- can have, you know, flare ups and problems with parasites. Um, so yeah, this is a potent, these are potent methods to cleanse the body um, that should be like anything that is potent should be studied and list, you know, read about where you understand what you're doing and why, and any of the potential side effects that you can experience. Like, for example, if you you know, aren't hydrated enough, or if you've been constipated or whatever, and you do this, then you could be, you know, bed bound for a day or two with detox symptoms. So you want to make sure that you have ample enough magnesium, uh, to help your liver process anything and everything that's excess. 
and, um, and, you know, just take good care of your lifestyle factors, ideally either fasting beforehand or eating very clean, you know, in preparing for a cleanse. Um, so not just jumping in and just, oh, I just ate, you know, mm-hmm. fast food for the last, you know, two months. And now I'm just going to dive into my detox. You want to kind of start to maybe do some juicing and, and, and up your proper nutrients and things before you go, go for something like that. Um, so yeah, solarizing is what it's called with the sun or not, but that's John Armstrong's in, in his book. And I, and I have actually a, a document specifically with the process. Um, and then as well, uh, the urine rubbing is done with aged urine and it's extremely potent. Um, the rubbing is, uh, for the skin. It can be done over wounds or any, or tumors or anything that is, um, a rash of any, any type. And it is done, uh, to, about two hours. So it's a process where what you take the aged urine, you sit, you know, maybe you're watching something or whatever. And you put, you take a few drops in the palm of your hand and you rub it. And then wherever you're rubbing it, you do circles until it's absorbed. So you do it until it's kind of dry and then you take more, do it, take more, do it. So this rubbing process, uh, first of all, the rubbing itself is encouraging the blood flow. So the blood is absorbing the medicine from the stem cells and uptaking or upregulating it into your bloodstream. And it's very helpful for lymphatic diseases or blood diseases like leukemia or lymphomas, this sort of thing, uh, breast cancer, any sorts of cancer states. Would very, you very put it over a tumor with DMSO to drive it? Well, in? yeah, one of the, I have a couple of different um, uh, cancer clients right now. Uh, now I'm not really taking cases, um, currently because of everything going on, but I do have some emergency cases that have popped up here and there or old, you know, patients that I've been coaching for a while. So, um, what I've suggested in a couple of them is to, to do a process by a a prep process. Um, for example, step one, you know, cleanse the, the skin, do uh, DMSO application, usually a 50% uh, or 70%, depending on, on if there's open skin or not. And then uh, do a castor oil pack over the area to really get the blood moving into the area. And then after the castor oil pack, then to cleanse the area again with like a baking soda paste, apply more DMSO and then do the urine rubbing. Over. All in like, like just all sequence. In one sequence. Okay. Yep. Um, ideally, you know, if you can do that once or twice a week, I mean, this is going to be depending on your schedule, your lifestyle and stuff mm-hmm. when you have time to do it, but to try to bank in those few hours, even if you've got an hour only then do an hour, I mean, do what you can do. Yeah. Um, but really you're uh, bringing a lot of awareness for, you know, bodily awareness to a region that needs support and you are flooding the area with the nutrients and the resources in order to get the job done. And that's the concept or the, the understanding of healing is you have to, you know, I've done the analogy of the construction site many times, right? Where you have an old building and you have to tear it down and build a new building. Yeah. Right. We need the workers and you need the construction materials and the tools. You need all those things to be there. And then once the, the building comes down, if the wastes aren't taken away, you can't build on that. 
the, the waste. You have to get that out first before you can start to rebuild with all the tools and all the workers doing the job. So it's the same idea. You're trying to encourage the body to address something, pay attention to it, which will mean there's going to be a level of inflammation. There's going to be a level of possible pain. So depending on, you know, tumors and growths will cause pain. So you have to consider pain management. You have to consider wound care. There's a lot around depending on the certain circumstance. Um, some people like to do things with tumors like black salve, where they, you know, let it completely push out through the skin rather than reabsorbing into the body. Right. right. Again, that comes with wound care. And I would definitely be doing, doing urine applications on any wound again, because it's sterile. So the aged urine is one thing for the rubbing. Okay. As a process, as a therapy, but the fresh urine can be used sterile for wounds to, you know, prevent them from festering or becoming what we call infected, which means they're not completing their healing process properly. Um, and you can bathe or wash the area with the urine multiple times a day, if you wish. Uh, and you can either leave it on or you can rinse it off. Some people are more comfortable with the cleaning it off afterward but it's not necessary. Um, I did find when I was washing my hair a lot with it. So I would take excess urine into the bath or the shower with me yeah. and wash with it. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it was really interesting because this was way many years ago now when I did that particular thing, I stopped because I felt like a urea or, or I'm sorry, rather ammonia was building up in my skin or, or maybe it was an illusion. I, it's hard for me to know. It's sort of like a similar, what you had, you were like, well, I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to stop. So I stopped because I was like, do I smell like pee? Cause I'm not, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like to heal, but I don't really need to smell yeah. like a urinal. Yeah, so I'm yeah. just going to stop for a minute, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm not sure what may have happened now that I think about it is I let the urine sit till it was starting to get to an ammonia producing state and used oh. it and rubbed it. So I think you either have to use it fresh, right. fresh, or you let it age. Yeah. Right. And use it. Yeah. Okay. To avoid that whole, um, to avoid basically you putting an ammonia system on your skin, but it, it was, I had great, my hair was soft as ever. And I never had a blemish. I mean, for acne and anything to do with scars, even um, very, very potent. I think if you're out in the wild and you trip and you need to clean out something, you have a, you know, you just need to clean something right there. How convenient, or you get a bite. Like I was actually in BC for a little bit this summer and I got this really weird bite on my leg and it was really bugging me. It was like, it was, I think it was a spider because it's like the bite, but then it's a big welt underneath it. Mm. And the only thing that took that itchiness away was putting my pee on it. Yeah. I usually put peppermint oil. I have another ointment for it. I do other things that help with itch. It was the pee this time. So. Absolutely. It's very, very potent. It's not to be underestimated. It's, it is really, you know, it's even apparently in one, one of the books, the Bible, where it states that your own waters are for your healing. So your waters are for, for your healing. But then, so then I thought, for a while. Okay. It's your own perfect medicine. It's yours, right? So you drink yours, you drink yours. We don't, yes, we don't okay, have the mixer parties, okay. you know? Mm -hmm. And then, I, and then I find out that actually any urine will do. <laughs> really? Okay. 
Well, like your child's urine is even more full of stem stem cells. So if you're at a pinch, (laughs) (laughs) um, that's my son. I tried talking to about it with my son. He's he'll have none of it so far. That's okay. Yeah. Um, all it took was, so I had, you know, I, the story of my daughter with the UTI, we healed it with her urine. Right. So she knew about that long time before. So then we meet a fan of, a, a met a woman who, you know, we've been conversing long-term she's in the UK. She comes over here and we actually got together, which was wonderful. Cause it's so rare to have, you know, someone who's also a healer like me face to face and not be so far away. And she has a daughter, same age as my daughter. And uh, she does urine therapy. And I'd never met anyone that has done urine therapy to the degree that I have. So we were just chatting it up and, and she had said to her daughter, you know, when you drink your own urine, you get this twinkle in your eye, you kind of get like a sparkle in your eye, you just really glow, right? And it encouraged her to, to do it. This is, oh, I glow when I drink my, my pee-pee, <laughs> my mommy said, you know. And Onwin, my daughter, was there when she said that. And so, of course, Onwin's like, well, absolutely, I'm going to do this again because I want that twinkle in my eye too, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so funny, but but it doesn't you know. matter whose it is because I have a friend, yeah, and like okay, we're talking about her son who has some stuff, dental stuff, and mm-hmm. and going stuff going on in his mouth, and she's like, I just want to, I just want to put it in, like, what if I just put my stuff in there, put some activate chart, put some other stuff, and then hide it and put her own in there for him to switch? Could you yep. do that? Do it. Okay. Do it. I mean, if they won't, if they won't decant their own or they're resistant then, you know, you can, pre- you can prepare, um, the mouthwash or whatever you're doing of, of your own fresh, mm-hmm. the fresh urine. Yes. Because again, what's the point? The main point is you are trying to get stem cells to an area. You're trying to get metabolites and nutrients to an area, right. And all the healing properties of the plasma and the urea, you know, all the, those benefits. So it, ideally it's your own because now you're going to get the homeopathic prep but right. from a family member, right? There's a genetic component that will be relatable. Yeah. So body will uh, uh, acknowledge it. Uh, and it got in a pinch, it's, it's totally acceptable. And she had been doing that. Um, she had been drinking her children's urine and using whatever urine and having great results. And huh. I'm like, okay, so it doesn't have to be just yours. Right. There's more to the story here about the value. Um, and so um, I haven't really branched out yet or anything. I'm perfectly fine with my own waters, but uh, but it was interesting because it helped me break an o- my own barrier inside of myself that I thought that that was the rule, you know, and that there's still benefit to be used. Uh, it, and, and there's a story where um, one of John Armstrong, I believe it was him or it was another practitioner, he tells a story of someone who's very so sick that they actually weren't even producing urine. Wow. And they were literally on death's door. And so he started, he, I think there was a term for it where it's like started him off, you know, and gave him his, that urine, his urine gave. So this is not even a related person, right? Gave this patient his urine to trigger him into producing urine and then looped his urine until he was well. And this was a dying man. Wow. So, so again, the power of understanding this, I think is it should really be considered and not just 
joked away with or or judged as whatever you know say i've had some people say it's satanic or something like that I said, well i i understand that we're very cautious about practices because we know that there's dark entities that do really creepy things and yes i i know they do stuff with excretions that but other but they're disgusting they're they're no oh. this is very different that there's a, the holy respect, the divine respect of your body and you, what you do for yourself and, and that knowledge. And then there's that, whatever that is. And that's right. I would not compare them at all in that regard. Um, and we don't eat our feces. Our feces is like, if you look at the components of the feces, it is all of your blood waste. It is all your true waste, um, mm. the garbage. You wouldn't want to put that in your body. You wouldn't want to use that. That is, uh, that is the, the, the stuff you take to the dump, <laughs> right? So, where does the, lem- does the lymphatic system dump through the kidneys though? Like where does it empty out? Cause that's a drain of the body where we're removing stuff, isn't it? Doesn't the lymphatic system empty out that way? Yeah. But again, everything has to be filtered through the blood first. So the blood and the lymph have an intimate relationship. And then you have the kidney, uh, sorry, you have the spleen involved as well. And remember, everything has a tagging system too. So you have methylation systems and tagging systems. You have white blood cell systems. Yeah. You have engulfing systems. So there's different ways to identify. So I'll say, you know, I've said this before, the body will, has to know what is self and what is non-self. Right. That, that's one of the things as a child that the child is trying to identify and learn about its environment and its, its heritage and so forth. What is... What's going on here? You know, what's me? What's not me? And then there's there's rules created in the body that say, well, this is now me, and this is allowed, and this is not me, and this is not allowed. And if it's not me, we tag it in a specific way, or we have a histamine response to it, or we have you know white cell involvement, or my somatids will change shape into a you know uh, Y-shaped antibody, which will also be a tagging system. So we have all these different identifiers and the different identifiers tell the body which system needs to remove the waste just like tagging and bagging your garbage for pickup right like i know here in canada uh, in the city you have to usually get tags so you have to put yellow or whatever on the things that tells the garbage people what's what's what so where what goes right it's the same idea as your body's being tagged for where it's supposed to excrete through What's the nature of the, of the chemical or whatever it is? How volatile is it? You know, does it need to just be shoved in a fat cell? Cause, oh my Lord, what did this person put in them? Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> deal with that later. Cause that's not normal. <laughs> or yes, this is a familiar waste of our own metabolism, our own internal processes. We know what to do with that. You know, all that, that's how sophisticated the system is to know that. So yeah, there's, again, that's why I suggest, you know, to, to really start to cleanse out the blood well first, because if the, if the lymph can get away with it, it will, it will actually come back put some in the blood to go to the liver. It will just get it out and get it to the liver, get it to the liver, get it to the liver, whatever needs to go out, you know, bad enough, will either go to the liver or it will come right out the skin. Right. It'll be like this, Mm. whatever this is, Nope. Uh, It's safer if we just create a thing and push it right out of the body physically. 
and the body will make that determination depending on the resources available um, to it. Okay, cool. Then now, did you cover up? Did you cover all the points now that you were talking about with the? I know we're 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 getting to the end of the time. We won't get to tissue cells today. That's okay. This is a big topic. It's a big topic. Um, anything else? I wanted to see. Yeah. What are, you, um, what are benefits that you've seen for yourself? Okay. So, well, energy levels, absolutely. Energy. When if I'm feeling low energy and I'm dragging, I'm like, did it? You know, if I haven't done my urine, I know that that's that's part of the problem. Um, uh, obviously, the aging, the aging reduction. Um, I don't have fine lines. I just don't. I don't. I'm 47. I don't have wrinkles. I just don't. Um, mm-hmm. I found it to be very um, anti-aging and skin supporting in a lot of ways. Um, some now, some people might um, actually have more excretions at the beginning, just to keep in mind that that could happen between 24 and 36 hours of applying urine therapy, that could happen, um, but still keep using the urine, especially topically. So insect bites, as we talked about psoriasis, eczema, skin rashes, any type of skin disorder. Um, the only thing is, uh, I know you do a lot around pregnancy and so forth. You really shouldn't, you aren't advised to do urine therapy during pregnancy. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's too much urea and it's, it's too, it's too intense on the fetus. So it's like, it's like any detox, right? You know, you're not encouraged to detox through pregnancy or breastfeeding then. Um, breastfeeding, keep in mind what's happening with your urine. So if you feel like you're, you've particularly clean, like if you've detoxed before you had your baby, I would say doing the drop method, uh, while breastfeeding is acceptable. I wouldn't be doing big amounts of it unless you were really had to, like you were really sick. Um, because you will get some of those metabolites in the breast milk. So you have to consider that it could change the poops of the baby or change, you know, right. change things with the baby. So again, awareness about it. So just be very, always be very cautious during pregnancy and breastfeeding with any of these changes. And particularly you avoid detox because you can get those detox um, metabolites and things in breast milk and in, in, you know, whatever your blood is doing, your baby shares the blood. So, you know, you can, you can do that, but eye drops, I've been, I've, you, it brightens the eyes. I've been putting it in the eyes. I find it's, um, I had like a blood vessel that was like always sort of a problem and, uh, it's healing. It's healing it just from the eye drops. So it should obviously be clean and cash. I wanted to make a mention about menstruation. Um, you can do urine therapy during menstruation, uh, depends on your flow. Uh, it's not going to hurt you to in- ingest some of the the, the blood, but um, I usually will let the urine settle and just take off the top because the heavier blood products will sink to the bottom. Okay. And if you have a really heavy flow day, then just don't do it that day. Just wait until your, your period's done. Because also uh, if you are heavy flow, it means you already are toxic. So that your blood, oh. your body is using menstruation to get rid of waste, to get rid of toxins. So you don't really want to ingest too much. I've never of that. heard that. Okay. That's interesting. Oh, always with, with women who, uh, have toxic issues or obviously menstrual, um, hormonal problems, uh, they're toxic and the, and the blood is no more of the blood that can get out <laughs> than the cleaner the blood will be. It'll just remake the blood 
uh, even more and they should make sure they're getting enough iron and B12 yeah. and things to remake the blood cells properly. But anytime I help someone clean up their body, their menstruation less goes less and less and less. I have a very scant menstruation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine's always been really nice and light too. So yeah. And also, um, I, there's a theory that uh, states that we were never meant to menstruate at all, but actually, uh, what was supposed to happen is the body reabsorbs the lining and the blood completely and doesn't menstruate. And that's the health that should be ultimate health, um, to not bleed. Yeah. To not need to bleed, to not need to shed. Oh, but wait, Amanda, haven't you seen the new posters? Everybody bleeds every, remember, did you see that one? I shouldn't get into that. I shouldn't bring that crap in there right now, but did you see that one? Yeah, I've seen everybody wearing white and then the stains and then they've got beards on and people. No, it's not everybody bleeds. It's people. Right. I digress. digress. Well, then there's the bloodstained men, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, no, the bloodstained men are, you know, again, circumcision. So they actually have their, they have white pants with the bloodstain on the pants for the, the, uh, you know, Oh, okay. Brutalization of the normal natural body. Yes. So they're very good. No one knows about them. They're very wonderful people to follow and support. Okay. Educating. I did follow another guy that was into that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brother K is one of the main uh, people behind that. Yeah. Um, So I, I mean, I mentioned there's a lot to learn. There's a lot more. There's obviously urine fasting, there's the drinking, there's the gargling, there's the enemas, you can do vaginal douches. So if you have yeast infections and things or any discharge, you can douche with the fresh urine, eardrops, eye drops, sniffing or snorting urine for sinusitis or any other nose problems. Um, if colds or any head cold or anything, uh, you do all of that gargling and all of that for teeth issues. What about receding um, gums? Racining gums, I would definitely employ it. Uh, I really like uh, the wheatgrass uh, pulling for racining gums and the stimulation with the gum stimulator. I found that little bit of DMSO heals them. I had 100% success if they if they do that. So okay, um, that's that's my one thing that I'm like, what do we do? On on yummy dot doctor, if you type in racining gums, I have a video that I talk about three steps to, to doing it, to the okay. receiving. Awesome. Thank you. And you can also use a compress. So if you can't rub, um, if you have a growth or a tumor or a lipoma or something, you can actually make a urine compress and, and actually place it over the area for a number of hours. Um, I'm trying to think of what else you can do. Uh, massaging with the scalp. So say you have dandruff issue or any, uh, hair loss, uh, you can rub it into the scalp and it's, um, can stimulate new hair growth because again, you've got the stem cells. Um, yeah, pretty much any kind of anything. To be um, clear, like just what you said about the compress. So if there's a tumor, you don't rub specifically, if it's a tumor, you let that just sit there. Uh, the tumor itself. So depending um, if, if it's actually physically coming out of the body, then I would probably work with the compress. Um, I would do castro, I would do DMS. I would do a lot if there was something actually physical to try to encourage it either to come out or to dissolve. Um, and I would do the rubbing around the area all around, do the rubbing part, do a compro because it's very going to be painful if you're rubbing something like that. So yeah. 
it's really about getting it underneath it and uh, for the rubbing and then doing the compress over top. Um, same thing, like you have an ulcer, you have warts or these sorts of things or fungus in the nails, like all of that can be treated. So you can actually take your, and if you have nail problems or toenail problems, you can do foot baths or you can oh. put your nails in it to balance those things out. And a lot of those growths will have to, the fungus around them or involved with fungus. Because again, fungus comes, your body makes the fungus, just like your body makes the bacteria, your body makes the, the thing to actually help you get rid of whatever the waste is. Uh, same deal with the fungus to try to break down, just like in nature is trying to break down this tissue to reabsorb it and to get rid of it, to deal with it. Um, so it's, it's, so it depends on your goals. You may want to eradicate the fungus to allow it to open up for you know, bacteria or other parts of the, the white blood cell system to have access. So again, it depends on your goals, or you may want to maintain that and just encourage the skin to push it out using things like the black salve. Um, you know, I never, I never recommend, you know, invasive things like surgeries and chemos and radiations or any of those things. Um, because they're all suppressive therapies and the whole idea with the body is you're trying to acknowledge what it's doing and why it's doing it. It's not stupid and it's not wrong. It's just either missing nutrients. So it's not completing or there's still trauma being held in the body. So the, there's lessons that, and there's emotions that have to be expressed before it will complete. Uh, or the, the body just needs the encouragement and the support to, to do what it's doing. So you actually work with the direction of the body rather than working in the opposite direction of the body and to get completion. And, you know, it takes, it's, it's takes uh, time and, and sort of confidence building over that period of time to realize that that is the case. And I think when, when you become a, a more experienced practitioner, you realize that every time, even though you go through the eye of the needle and, and there, there could be a healing crisis, or there can be a scary moment where you're not sure if it's going the way you think, right if you trust that and you continue to tweak it accordingly and listen to the feedback, you will get the result you need. But anytime you suppress, it fails. It, it will fail the body. It, it will end the life. It, it will, uh, or else it wasn't there in the beginning. It was just a phantom idea. So if it, they've tried to suppress something, thinking it's say a cancer, and then it heals, uh, usually it wasn't a cancer at all. It was a misdiagnosis because it just, it can't work. It doesn't work like that. So the body wants to remove the damage no matter what. And so if you think like that and you apply these things, you will get what you want out of it. But the problem is it takes effort. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes knowledge. It takes forethought, planning, uh, and follow through and some discipline. And we have a world where um, there's been an entrainment away from those things. And I'm hoping that now we're going to have a resurgence or a renaissance period where that is honored again and remembered and really put to the forefront of what needs to happen as for humanity to thrive once again and get out from this ridiculous, corrupt rule and of, of this thumb put on humanity so we can remember everything of who we are, who we once were, and, um, and get all our faculties back because it's not just the physical faculties that we have 
available to us. And the other thing you asked about some of the benefits of the urine is deeper intuition, is understanding. I'm talking about that with my friend today and she she's feeling it. She's gone whole hog and that's exactly what she's feeling. Yeah, a better sense. See, I used to have to meditate very specifically for very long periods of time in order to feel connected, in order to feel my intuition sort of switch on. And I find now it's like a, my meditation is all the time. I'm always wow. practicing it as a, a lifestyle kind right. of thing. Now it's still important to sit and contemplate in that. I'm not discounting that, but it's, it's shifted where I didn't need to do that to feel the connected connection. And the, the urine is very, very helpful to remember that intuition aspect somehow. And it's probably because it cleans you. You're, you're constantly, you know, gently cleaning yourself. And if you're clean, you can, you can glean, (laughs) Mm. but if you're, if you're clogged up and you're congested and you're dirty, um, you get cut off from that source. You're not, I don't think the vibration is correct. There's something off about the oscillation of this of this beingness that doesn't allow you for it to happen. Mm-hmm. That's my sense anyway. Wow. Yeah. And another reason why this information would be suppressed, right? Wow. We don't want them tapping into their intuition and yeah. I'm, yeah. Even in naturopathic college, I never learned about urine therapy. Right. And I know Ayurvedic practitioners, I've heard them speak. I never heard about this in my Ayurvedic practice, my, my teachings, no. right it's ancient and i know there was a prime minister is he a prime minister of india i know back in the day he drank his own urine and i think there are some celebrities out there that are actually applying it to their skin as well maybe even drinking it so hey guys if they're doing it you know <laughs> it's all the rage <laughs> there we go well i think that covers a lot and i think that answers a lot of questions for me anyways that i wasn't on it i don't find there's a ton of resources online i found a couple but mm-hmm. it's not that plentiful so mm-hmm. getting those books i think would be helpful for me as well to get more of a deeper understanding but i really appreciate you unpacking it for me and going into it because i don't think a lot of people would like to talk about it and I'm just done. I don't even care. It's like, if this can help us, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. I put it. it off. I did the same. I, you know what? I, at the beginning, I'm like, I don't know, is the world ready for this? Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I waited. And one of the lessons I've really anchored in myself is the pay. Like I have impatience. Okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fiery person. I want everything now. I'm that I, I am I know one of my lessons in life is mastering patience. Mm. But one thing that I've had to learn about patience is this type of stuff where I have to wait. I have to let everything titrate and distill into its essence before the value is come through it. And so then it's not a waste of time for anyone because I really don't like wasting people's time. Uh, There's already short enough, you know, incarnation here we want value added knowledge and we want to be able to apply it quite well. And if I just go out and start, you know, blabbing on it, I don't feel I'm, it's not ready and it's not appropriate. And so the wisdom is to wait. And so now is the time because it's, it's naturally evolved to this point where I 
have that behind me now enough to say, yes, this is valid. It works very well. I personally experienced it. I've had incredible, we didn't even get to half the stories of people that have gone through healings. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple, which is great, right? Mm -hmm. People giving the feedback of what they're going through yes. using it. I mean, I, that woman that I met that's now gone back to the UK, she healed her breast cancer with urine. She healed it. She, she did. did. Okay. So she this did. is something that I've, I mentioned to somebody who, uh, who's dealing with that right now. And I'm like, you know, this is something that you could start doing. So, and that was topically and internally. Yes. Doing the rubbing, doing the drinking, uh, and, uh, doing the fast, the looping fasting. I don't think she did more than, I don't think she did more than a month of the fasting because she had to work as well. So she had to do it the way she could do it. Yeah. Um, and then she also did, which I think we could talk about in another time, but she also did sound therapy. She did, um, oh. she did, she did tremoring and she did sound therapy. It's also all the same period of time. Cool. And when she did that fasting, that is, is that a solid month or is uh, that yeah, from my recollection? Um, I can ask her again, what the exact the urine portion of, of it was, but I know she did looping at some point she did fasting yeah. and looping. She yeah, did a lot of fasting and which is also can be alarming, uh, through when it's cancer, because, uh, the wasting process, you know, many are concerned about losing weight when, you know, you don't want to lose too much weight. Um, but the body is losing weight for a reason. It's trying to eat away this waste. So the enzyme levels and things are upregulated and the metabolism is upregulated, the fever mechanisms, the hypothalamus is upregulated. And so there can be night sweats and there can be weight loss, but at the same time that in a healthy approach that will get it to its limit. It will stop at some point. There's a gaunt wasting. There's like a true wasting where, you know, right. that person is unwell, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, I've seen it. And then there's the, there's a thinning out period that is actually part of the healing process. So again, you have to know whether it's really dangerous wasting, or it's actually the reformation and the healing process of the body. And it's okay to get rid of that excess weight because there's a lot of wastes that you're carrying right. in the fat as well. Yeah. Right. So there's, it's, it's a delicate little balance, but she went through a lot of thinning out when she did the fasting. And that's usually why it's worrisome. Like a lot of even natural doctors won't recommend fasting during cancer because of the wasting problem. In fact, they usually do the opposite, like eat carbs, eat food, oh. eat, you know, feed, 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 right? right. That's misguided because, oh. because again, just because you thin out, it doesn't mean that you're wasting it, it, it to do the looping and the cleansing. If you're not ingesting food, obviously you're going to lose weight. Um, so you but have you to want know to get why. into that autophagy, right? You want your body yes. to clean house. Yeah, exactly. Do. Exactly. Yeah. And then you have to know the limit. Now this should, the individual should not feel weak. And so there should be surges of energy. So the chi or the internal electricity should be high. So you may want to sleep or your, your sleep is good and deep but you can still function during the day. You're right. not, okay. you're not feeling like it's over. You know what I mean? Right. You're not dragging right. yourself through the day. You feel strong. Right. So there's a difference. Even when I was, I uh, was very, very pristinely raw vegan. And I mean, 
the militant side of that <laughs> all the way. I've done all kinds of diets and that was one that I did for many years. And I was the thinnest I've ever, ever been in my life when I did that. And even to the point where I don't know if I looked that good, that thin, like it was a little too far, yeah. you know, yeah. but I felt so good. I mean, I hardly needed to sleep. I felt intuition like flowing through me. I had the strength of freaking two horses. I was, wow. I felt vibrant inside of me. I don't think I looked proper <laughs> and you'll see some vegans that they don't look right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So it was weird for me because I was like, how can I feel this good? But I don't like how I, I don't like looking that thin. It just, yeah. there's something up about that. Right. You know? Right. So then I, I had a baby anyway, and everything changed at that point. Right. But, um, but so what I'm saying is there's different ways that your body is going to reform itself mm -hmm. in, in health. And you have to, you have to be some bravery with it. <laughs> you have to listen to yourself. And if you're afraid, then you have to get clear about what your needs are. So do you need a coach, you know, to be with you every day or you know, do you need your family to be on side with you and tell them what you're doing and why, like what, if you can get clear about your needs, then you can have the support to go through bigger things like that. And it's funny because the fear kind of fades after a while, you know, cause you're like, oh, it's, and even I know people, they they live with their tumors. Like they just heal as far as it'll heal. The, the tumor becomes kind of more like an artifact. It's sort of like inert mm. and it never fully, fully goes away, but it does nothing to them. It's, yeah. uh, so there's that as well that can happen. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and the body can adapt to that as well, but you're not dying. And, right. and if you went and got it cut and got all the involvements, um, you know, that tends to be run its course, you know, within five years or give or take. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, lots of good stuff in there. People, your body's wise and it's producing medicine. Isn't that amazing? So maybe you're not going to run out and do this right away, but I tell you, I was certainly compelled after digging a little bit deeper. I'm like, I can't not do this. It's ridiculous. Stem cells. Like seriously, think about that just from the anti-aging perspective, like how much, and, and even the repair perspective in terms of stem cells and what people pay to go get stem cells injections and procedures done and things like that. So yeah, guys open up. I think one of our biggest limitations to our own selves is our, our unwillingness to look, to see we're closed, just yeah. be open. And you never know what could actually happen is, and yes, we've definitely been told a story I think about our year and we think it's just waste and it's gross and yeah it does get stinky I know walking through the streets of Paris can be pretty stinky but <laughs> just go to New York you know the yeah, yeah there you go so give it a try and thanks Amanda so again mm -hmm. yummy.doctor is mm -hmm. where you can find Amanda's blog yumnaturals.store she's got her book healing with DMSO excellent excellent we talked about DMSO in our first interview amazing stuff get it on your first aid shelf, get it there for your deal. I put it on every day. Ever since talking to you the first time, I use it now. I used to use it more sparingly. I use it every day. So the DMS. Nice. So anything else that you want to mention, Amanda? Well, um, Telegram groups, Healthy Dose right. of Truth, 
Uh, also, for those who need legal, lawful templates, I have a template group. So it's Healthy Dose oh. of Truth templates. I'll give you the, the link to put in Okay, the I'm on the Healthy Dose of Truth, but not I don't know that one. Okay. Yeah, so I have an offshoot of Healthy Dose of Truth, and it's all legal templates, like uh, oh. employer templates, um, serving politician templates, health unit templates, um, what the law is, uh, how they're breaking the law right now, how to serve the notices properly. People want to do common law processes, what that looks like. If you want to go through, you know, different legal, you know, admiralty law systems. So there's a lot there uh, to be Amazing. utilized wow. in templates. Okay. Um, and, um, and I, I want to leave you with one final urine therapy story. Oh, okay. So my fiance's mother, uh, she began to do urine therapy. This was many, many months ago. And she began to drink the two ounces a day in, in, in juice. And, um, she reversed her gray hair doing that. Yes. I've heard about the gray hair and I just, I don't have much, but I have a little bit. So she did like completely, completely in how long? Um, if I can recall, it wasn't that long. It was as if her body responded very quickly to it, which makes me think that she might've been missing a key metabolite uh -huh. for that color. Cause I know B, B vitamins are involved. Uh, so I think it was only a few months. Wow. Of time. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Hey guys. Okay. There you go. And there you go. There's some encouragement. <laughs> totally. That is, that is absolutely. Well, thank you again, Amanda. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Sasha. You as well.